Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi everyone, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo, and this episode of our podcast is brought to you by our brand new business class membership. Your annual pass to great deals, discounts, tips, and wisdom for building the business of your dreams. Plus, you get the opportunity to be a guest on this podcast, all for just $165. Head to our website for details. Now, on to the show. Me First, the guilt-free guide to prioritizing you. If there ever was a book to catch our attention right now, it has to be this one. And the author is time management expert and good friend of Flying Solo, Kate Christie. And Kate joins us today on the podcast to tell us all about the book. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast. Hi, Lucy. It's lovely to be here with you. It's lovely to have you back on the podcast. Um, Now, you would never have been able to predict what's happened since you wrote this book. But in hindsight, there's never been a better better time for it really so congratulations the book it's it also falls into a really important space and that of helping us to put ourselves first when why did you decide to write it look I I think that as working mums as working parents we are so used to putting ourselves last or not even doing that deliberately, just not even contemplating putting ourselves first. We do everything we can for our kids and our family. We do everything we can for our businesses and we are constantly on the go and constantly on the move. And I just thought it was about time that we started prioritising ourselves and started putting ourselves first for a change. So that's why I wrote the book a good reason. Now, I was going to ask you who you wrote the book for, but you just kind of mentioned that. So it's, it is for working women, but it is also for working parents. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So look, the, certainly the first part of the book, the the book's both broken into three parts. So the, the first part debunks a lot of the myths that I think women in particular buy into things like mother's guilt and imposter syndrome and judgment and never being able to say no. But a lot of those things are also relevant to working dads. So absolutely the book can be read and value taken from it by any working parent. I guess where the angle from my perspective is around working mums is because that's my narrative that's my lived experience. So it's much easier for me to relate that. But absolutely, any working parent uh, will find the book of benefit. A part two of the book in particular walks people through how to find an extra 30 plus hours of time a month. And then part three uh, is a goal setting framework or process, which then turns those 30 hours into some really audacious goals. And and obviously that's relevant to anybody. 
Absolutely. And I think we all need help with goal setting and particularly in this climate too. I think it's important for us to not forget that because our goals are still yeah. important and really our goals are probably what's going to get us through. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, there's never been a better time to sit down and, and, and have some self-reflection and think about this life we live and, and, and how we've been living it and do we want to make changes and what do we want to prioritise and what are our goals going to be coming out the other side of this? So mm-hmm. honestly, there's, there's really never been a better time to start reframing this stuff up for all of ourselves. Absolutely. Now, when I was thinking about talking to you about this book, I sort of thought about it in terms of myself as a working mum. And I thought, you know, knowing, well, basically all my friends are also working mums, full-time, part-time or whatever. We're still, we're all juggling that. And I was thinking about what it is that makes it so hard for us, that particular group of people, but also working dads. But what is it that makes it so hard for us to prioritise ourselves? Why do we find that so difficult, do you think? I think that we are very much programmed to think that way and to feel that way. But from the moment that little baby comes into the world, we are programmed to be completely responsive and responsible for their needs. And and when they're a baby, you know, and, and, a, and a small child and so forth, of course, you know, because... They, they cry and they, they need to be fed and they need to be changed and, and loved and, and our role is to protect them and nurture them. And I think that what happens is we become so used to putting all of their basic needs before our own that it just becomes second nature to put all of their needs before our own. Mm. And I think we just start to lose sight of the fact that we also have our own needs that need to be nurtured and we need to be looking after ourselves as well and we just don't and and if we do do it there's so much kind of societal pressure and mother's guilt that then comes into play and then once you start going down that rabbit hole you know it's it's really hard to scramble out yeah you know I think that one you know I interviewed a lot of women for the book uh, a lot of amazing women from around the world and and you know they a lot of them talk about the fact talk about mother's guilt and and the fact you know of how universal it is and and the pressure that we put ourselves under and as working mums wanting to be the best possible mum but also the best possible employee or business owner and so the bar is just set that high but we're setting it for ourselves and it's time that we actually brought that bar down a little bit. Mm. And even just to think about if that is our goal, uh, which is always a goal for a, you know, a good reason, unless you do look after yourself, which I want to get into about how we do that, but unless you do, you can't actually do either of those jobs. You can't actually do anything for very long. No, that's right. And, and that's part of the reason why I wrote the book because I wrote it coming from a place of where I had pretty much not looked after myself properly and had three uh, children in three and a half years all while trying to juggle you know my brilliant career and and got to the point where I'd really backed myself into a corner where I felt that I could either be a brilliant mum or have a brilliant career but not both mm. and and really kind of set myself up for that and and of course I was going to to fail because 
you can't do everything brilliantly all of the time. And I ultimately opted out of my career because I felt that I had to choose. I could either choose having a career or I could choose being a mum. And that was the wrong decision because obviously, you know, I loved my career. I was good at it. I got a lot of self-worth from it. And by opting out and to to feel that I could be a better mum, I, I wasn't because then I'd lost so much that was integral to my happiness and, and that was so much a part of me. And so we do we do need to to look after ourselves and and i i write the book coming from a place of let's all of us reframe our relationship with time reframe the expectations we put on ourselves so that you're never forced to choose between two things you love for want of time yeah yes i love that i love that quote i've heard you say that before i think for our community so at flying solo i think it's around a 60% of our people are women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and almost that number have children living at home mm-hmm. and I think a lot of those people have come to running their own businesses because they've gotten to a crossroads that you've just talked about like similarly to what you're just mm-hmm. talking about there um, and are managing to balance that career inverted commas and family life because they are calling the shots for the business and they are calling mm-hmm. the shots for their hours so when you're talking about your own experience there is because you worked in a pretty um you're pretty high up in a corporate kind of role which required hours and facetime and literal facetime i don't mean like facebook FaceTime. <laughs> um so what i like about this space the emerging business space for women and women are the biggest group coming into this running their own business space is that hopefully we are going to be able to get both of those things, like join both of those very important aspects because, as you say, Mm. we can't just leave it at the door either. So while we can't do both perfectly, we can't leave either of them at the door really. So Mm. there has to be a way to integrate that and I think um, to do either of those, as you say, we actually need time for us to work out all the things about us. So that's what I wanted to get to next. Because I think a lot of people might think when we're talking about putting ourselves first, does that mean just time alone? Is that what we're talking about or does it mean something else? Well, it, it, it means whatever coming first for a period of time means to you as an individual. So it's not about blatantly disregarding everybody else's needs and only thinking about yourself. It's about as little as working out what's important to you and maybe batching some time into your calendar to spend some time on yourself. So going for a jog regularly or exercising or meditating or yoga or in some other way nurturing yourself by spending time doing the things that you love. And and oftentimes that could be just on your own or it could be with friends, but it's about scheduling time for yourself and turning up it's also then beyond that, I'm sort of taking a really broad look or perspective about me first. And it's about really planning for the future and planning some exciting things that I want to do that I've never done before. You know, I've got built this whole bucket list of things that are almost experience first or me first doing this for the first time. Um, you know, so in January, I went skiing for the first time. 
and um, which you know turned out to be an absolute disaster because I broke broke <laughs> I broke my thumb and and tore tore my shoulder. Um, but it was still fun, and I had it was a brilliant the thought time. That and well, <laughs> it was the idea. That look, it, it's it's you know the the pain of it every day reminds me of the trip. <laughs> yes, but no, but I'm I'm so glad I did it because I was with my daughter. It's something I got to experience with her, where she could teach me something. And it was just fantastic. So me first also means carving time out for new experiences. Mm. Mm. I love that. And it, when doing the research for the book, did you come up with sort of a, because you're a time person, did you come up with a recommended amount of time per week that we're spending on ourselves, that we should be spending on ourselves like this? Look, what I, what I did come up with was the data that makes it really clear that we're barely spending any time on ourselves mm. uh, to start with. And um, I, I, when I work with clients and I do a lot of speaking around time investment and so uh, one of the things I do prior to any engagement with a client is I get the audience and the clients to map their time and having looked at thousands and thousands of time maps I can see that when we're not spending any time on our on ourselves um, or very little time on ourselves. In terms of is there a recommended amount of time? No, you know, I think it's it's just about taking or starting and and it can even be baby steps because we're so used to not doing this. Yeah. I, you know there's no point in sort of suddenly trying to, you know, mark out 10 hours and, and then, you know, feeling enormously guilty about that. So I think it's it can just start off with baby steps and just allocate an hour or two a week to, to doing some of the stuff you love. It's incredibly um, nurturing. It's it's energising and it makes you feel fantastic. And, and the other thing I'd say is that it's got to be stuff that you love so much that it energizes you. So what I love and where I put myself first, other people might think, oh, my God, you know, why is she doing that? Because I, I love business and I love creating ideas and thinking about partnerships and new products. And, and so a lot of my me first is me in a room with a whiteboard just unpacking ideas. So and, and other people will think, oh, God, no, that's awful. That sounds too much like work. But for me, that's how I like to spend my time. Mm-hmm. So it's around spending the right amount of time for you doing the things you love. Yes. And what do you think, um, what do you think if, if to get to that point? So if we're someone who is listening to this going, oh, God, that's me. I never do anything for myself. How do we start that? How, is there a process we can follow? Yeah, absolutely. So the second part of the book uh, takes you through five steps. It's a five-step process called SMART. And working through that process is how you're going to get back 30-plus hours of lost time a month. So there are a series of exercises that you uh, undertake which will unpack how and where you're currently spending your time and will get you to revisit where you're investing your time, what habits and behaviours and activities you can let go of, what you should be focusing on and when you should be focusing on it. It teaches you how to outsource. It teaches you how to insource to your kids to buy extra time. So there's a whole process in the book for getting your 30 hours of time back. Then once you've got that time back, I want you to start scheduling some of that time into your calendar just for yourself. And and like with a doctor's appointment or an accountant's appointment or an appointment with a client, you need to turn up. You need to give yourself a 
not sticker if you don't turn up. <laughs> Little That's raffle it. Yeah. Take take a star off the, the the reward chart for every time you you failed to prioritize yourself. Every time you fail to turn up. Yeah. But what I would say is that once you get into the habit of of prioritizing yourself without guilt. Uh, it becomes a lot easier to do. It becomes easier to say no to other people because it's going to eat into your me time. Mm. It it becomes easier to enjoy that time because you start to realise how it just makes you a better person. It makes me a better mum. It makes me better at my business. It makes me a better friend. Um, so once you start to see how it does make you a better person, then it becomes easier to prioritize without guilt. Yes. And I love that you say that you, that, I mean, you see your own rewards, don't you? So it's a bit like that old saying about putting on your own life jacket before you try and tend to everybody else on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's that look after you, you know, get yourself set up and then be turn up as the best possible version of you for everyone else. And this is, as mums, this is about creating the right environment and the right um, mindset and the right habits in your kids as well because Mm. we all want our kids to have happy, successful lives. We all want them to grow to be independent and resourceful and resilient young adults. So that's all included in the book as well in terms of how to set them up so that you know, they know how to help clean the house. Family is a team sport. Here's how to make sure that they participate and that they do it in a way that means that you've got some extra time either to spend with them or on yourself. So it's just about creating and role modeling really good self-nurturing behaviors. Mm. It's also a lot about boundaries, isn't it? It's about saying like, this is my time and this is your time. And then once I've done this, we can do X, Y, and Z together. That's right. That's it. And, and, you know, time, time management isn't a learned skill. It's, it's not something, sorry, it's not something that's taught at schools. It's not taught at university. It's rarely taught in our employment. So if you can start to learn this stuff and then instill those time management behaviors in your kids, then you are absolutely doing them a favor. You're certainly doing yourself a favor in terms of your business. Once you start investing yourself and investing your time properly, you, um, it, it, it gives you an enormous advantage as a business owner. And then if you can teach those kid skills to your kids, then obviously you're setting them up for success throughout school and into employment. Mm, such good advice. So, Kate, obviously we're talking now at the sort of the very beginning of this COVID-19 crisis mm. and it strikes me that time to ourselves has become an even more precious commodity because as we're talking we're getting shut down and we're at home and the kids are at home and our spouses are at home so like time alone is actually really quite tough to get mm. how would you what would you say is the first thing that we could do if we were listening to this now and going that's exactly what I need to make a, a positive difference to my day what's just one thing we could do starting tomorrow or today to sort of kickstart that? So in, in these unusual times when we are all kind of at home and, and in, in, in that sort of forced situation where we're all having to work and live and school together, the one thing I would say is sit down as a family unit and have a chat with your kids and if you have a partner with your partner that family is a team sport and let's, we're in this together and let's kind of plan out 
a bit of a rough plan for how we're going to manage this, who's going to do what, when are mum and dad or mum or dad or going to be available uh, and, and then plan for your day each morning. So every single morning, get up with your kids and plan what you're going to do that day and break up chunks of work with chunks of being available and accessible to your kids. So there's no point in having sort of a four-hour chunk where you're just working on work and your kids are interrupting you every three and a half seconds. You may as well set it up so you have about a 35 to 45-minute chunk of work and sit down and plan with them what they're going to do whilst you're doing that. So that you then, and then when the timer goes off uh, and have the timer on your oven so that everyone can hear it and you've got to get up from your desk and go and turn it off and then have a 35 to 45-minute chunk of time with your kids where you're just devoted to them then the timer goes off and then you go into another 45 minute burst for your business and your kids will then know well this time has gone off so this means I have to occupy myself but I've already got a plan for my day so you know depending on their age set them out up with a desk next to you or set them up with the workstation next to you so when you have your 35 minutes on emails they can have their 35 minutes coloring in or drawing or, you know, God forbid, give them 35 minutes on their iPad. I mean, we have to kind of be flexible and agile here and bend some of our own rules. And so there's nothing to sort of, you know, so bad about at the moment. You know, just give them some TV time. Give them some time on the iPad if you're working on something hard. But when the timer goes off, you come back together and do something together. Yeah, great advice. Kate, the book sounds fantastic. Where is the best place for us to find a copy and get one delivered? So you can, if you're Australian-based, Booktopia is probably the best. It's nice to buy local. Uh, lots of It'll be in lots of your independent local bookstores and most of them are still trading. So jump online to see what their trading conditions are and a lot of them are delivering for free. Uh, so Booktopia or uh, your local bookstore it would probably be a bit my first port of calls and then go into the biggies like Amazon and, and others. Fantastic. And if everybody listening would like to hear a bit more about your business, which is Time Stylers, where's the best place to find more about you and that? So just jump onto my website, which is timestylers.com or send me an email, kate at timestylers.com and would love to have a chat about how we can set you up for your greatest success by investing your time where it needs to go. Thanks so much, Kate, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Lucy.